all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So welcome everyone, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk, a show where you're going to get straight out biblical perspective on all types of worldly events around the United States and around the world. Everything will be lensed and diagnosed and from a biblical Christian lens or somewhat of a biblical perspective. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Okay, how is everybody? I hope everybody is doing fine. I'm doing pretty well myself. Thank God I am very favored by the grace of God. And I just thank you all for tuning in to the show, Body of Christ Real Talk. I have a topic I want to talk about, and it's going to be bouncing back from the last topic I talked about. Now, what I'm going to do now, uh, for the ones that's uh, just tuning into my show, I kind of turn corners. And what I mean by that, a turn of turning corners on the uh, topics, late, the uh, topics I've been talking about lately, has to do a lot with the Christian church. church. What is a Christian? What is a real Christian? You know, I talked about the uh, different subjects and topics about Christianity, why I believe Christianity is being used very loosely, at least that term is being used uh, very loosely. And I talked about other things about uh, the uh, my... Uh, view on this Christian station that uh, uh, put out a data that why so many youngsters are leaving a church and you know what's going on with that I put my opinion was uh, what that is you know it depends on were they Christians were they really believers and there could be different reasons why young people are leaving the church but the main point is you know, first of all, I, I put emphasis on the church, the four walls of the church, the church building. And I tried to differentiate the two between the church building compared to the uh, the church as the body of Christ. And I thought that was very important for people to understand that there is a difference. And it might be like it's cherry picking. Uh, 
But it's not cherry picking in the eyes of God because there's so much, it's so many self-claimed fates of Christianity out there. I like to put it out there and, and, and help my listeners to understand there is a difference because so many people get so confused about being a Christian. And you have so many self-claimed Christians and, you know, you know, uh, you have poor representation of Christianity, Christianity, excuse me, in the body of Christ. And uh, I wanted to just get a, get something out there so people can understand what it is to be a Christian and why people call themselves Christian, mostly call themselves Christian because they believe in the Christian morals or they believe in Christendom or they believe what the Bible says, or they just have some type of religious belief about Christianity. So therefore, uh, they believe uh, certain things they can follow and obey, as long as they believe that they are considered a Christian or someone saved. And then you have the people out there that have no idea about the relationship of being a Christian and being saved. You can ask a person that, are you a Christian? They can say yes. And right after that, you can ask them, are you saved? And they might say something like, I think so. I'm not sure. You, you see the difference? People will respond quicker when you ask them, ask them, are they a Christian? They will respond more quickly with a yes or, yeah, I think I am, then when, if you ask them, are you saved? Then they still, they most people are lost on saved. They don't really want to go there. A lot of people heard of the term saved, but they don't want to go there because they don't know, they don't know the significance and how being a Christian and being saved go together. Some people might say they're Christian, but they're not saved. Or they might say, yeah, I believe I'm saved, but I, I, I'm not so much into that Christian stuff. So it's so much confusion. But it's usually the other way around. Many people proclaim to be Christians, but they wouldn't say they are saved. They wouldn't be sure about going to heaven if you ask those questions. No. And it's okay. Some of those questions need to be asked. Some of those questions need to be asked, not for your sake if you are a believer, but for their sake, so they could know where they stand and stuff like that as being a believer and being a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I'm doing a lot of talk about Christianity, Christian, the gospel and stuff like that. The last topic I left out, uh, I left on of discussing the, the last topic I was talking about. I don't know, for some reason I can't get my words out. I guess it's because I have a toothache or something like that. I can't get my words out uh, good. But the last topic I left off on is, you know, the King James Bible. And what translation do you have? And if you have a certain Bible translation, do you know the history of the translation or why you prefer that translation of the Bible? Then I got into different things like that. Then I came... Uh, I broke down some things about the King James Bible. Then I broke down some things of the history of the the two main texts that's been used, which is called the Greek original text, which is the uh, Texas Receptus. And then you have the uh, the Alexandrian text, you know, 
uh, which is called the traditional text. Uh, most modern day Bibles use that traditional text. Most uh, modern day Bibles. You have a few, I believe, besides the King James that use the uh, the uh, Texas Receptus text. You know, the uh, the majority text is called as well. Uh, but the traditional Greek text is uh, predominantly used by most modern English Bibles today in America, okay? I talked about that, that I gave, y'all broke down why I choose the King James Bible or the KJV over any other translation. And I talked about that on my last show. If you want to learn more about those shows, my advice is for you to go back to those previous shows. This is about four of them or four or five of them. You go back on those previous shows, and that will give you an update of what I was talking about. If you're interested to find out, it's a very good shows. I, I put a lot up in there, and I just—it's almost like I'm asking questions, not only for you guys but for myself. You know about your translations, about your walk with Christ. It's—it's it's, it's more what I've been talking about lately here on Body of Christ. We'll talk about being in a Christian or part of the body of Christ. You know, it's more like uh, a self-evaluation series for yourself that claims to be a believer or 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 you might be interested of being saved and becoming a believer. But it's more like a self-evaluation. I try to put it out there so we can self-evaluate ourselves about our walk why we believe the Bible a certain way, what is Christianity, what is salvation, et cetera, stuff like that, okay? So that's what I've been talking about, okay? So I'm going to be dealing with that for the next few podcasts because I just, uh, I feel that I need to go there for both both individuals. What I mean by I need to go there for the sake of the believer and the unbeliever, the same. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday and the unsaved and i think both of them need to be educated of course my focus is mainly on the believers because i want them to grow stronger in the knowledge of the truth second timothy uh two and four and they need to go knowledge of the truth but they can get a lot of that on my other podcast as well on connecting the dots where i do bible teaching and somewhat bible study on that show but the unbeliever can also learn about the differences between being a Christian because they they might be on the fence. And I'm trying to get them off that fence, but first I have to feed them a little bit about the terms Christianity and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important for them to know that. What I'm doing right now, I would have loved, and I'm a believer, and I've been a believer over 30-something years, but 
I didn't get this type of uh, teaching when I was out there in the world before salvation. I didn't get this type of information of salvation or being a Christian explained to me. I, I heard about it need to be saved and Jesus loved me and everything and what happens after that and stuff like that. But just uh, terms and definitions and stuff like that, that would have been nice if I got there before a time. But by the grace of God, I wind up getting saved anyway. So, you know, so that was a beautiful thing about that. But I didn't have anyone come with me and just talk to me, you know. They, they mostly preach down to me, you know, about salvation and you going to hell and stuff like that. Not so much like that, but it was based on hell and, self, you know, how to be saved and stuff like that. So that's what I grew up about around, that God will do this to you if you don't do that. God, you need to save. You need, you need to be saved. You need to do this, repent and stuff like that, you know. And that's what I heard growing up in my time, you know before I, be, I, I became a Christian. So I'm just trying to give back to the unbeliever and not so much beat him up, but not at all beating him up at the head with the word of God, but just trying to get him a, a view of what he's getting into and what to be looking for in Christianity and what is a Christian. Because majority of people out there don't know what a Christian is. They hear there's so much noise out there of people uh, proclaiming to be believers or they think they have some type of idea of what Christianity is. And I just said earlier, uh, a lot of people, uh, maybe a big majority out there don't know the difference between being a Christian and being saved. They they talk Christian because that's the, that's the norm. You know, it's a traditional name. Christianity, and they don't understand the concept of being a Christian or why the believers at that time uh, at Antioch was called a Christian and stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I'm doing a lot of this to educate yourself if you're not saved. And when you read the Bible, you will have some type of understanding what is required for salvation and what gospel that, that what gospel saves today, okay? So that's what I'm going to talk about right now. What gospel saves today? You have some type of idea about what translation you want, at least I, help, at least I hope you do, or what God is requiring when it comes to his word. And I gave you my answer. God is requiring accuracy of, on his word, commitment about his word, and different things like that. He wants, I believe he wants us to read a Bible that's got the original text to it and stuff like that. So that I'm not going to get back into that, but I'm, I'm just trying to uh, use that series as an example of bringing up, you know, uh, uh, of introducing what I'm going to talk about now is the gospel. What is the gospel? And I'm going to... Uh, want you to write down some verses and let me get to this first I want you to write down some verses okay and uh reason being no matter of fact I'm gonna do that later 
I'm, I'm not going to do that now. I'm not going to hold a lot, a long time now. I'm going to do that later. What I was going to do, I was going to write down some verses where Paul claims my gospel. Where Paul boldly says the gospel that he preaches is his gospel, my gospel. But I'm going to write those verses down later and everything when I'm set up. Right now, I'm just I'm just doing something off the cuff spontaneously, so I don't have everything set up like I want to. I want to start doing that when I when I'm trying to talk about the Word of God and Christianity and stuff like that to my listeners. I'm a, I'm gonna talk about the I'm gonna get into the scriptures about Paul. It's about fourth and everything where Paul uh, talks about he self claims himself a having a gospel that is his. Now, what that do not mean that does not mean it's something that he created and he's the savior. No, uh, I want to get that out there straight. What he is saying is the gospel that Jesus gave to him for the Gentiles. It's a different gospel than the Peter and the twelve. That's basically what it's saying. It's a different gospel. Okay, all right. So when he says my gospel, he's basically saying the gospel that I am preaching, it comes from God. The gospel that I'm preaching, it's not the same as the gospel that the 12 was preaching. You know, the, the pillars of the uh, of the uh, the leaders of the apostles, you know, Peter, James, John and all of them. It's not the same type of gospel. And I want to put that out there. And he is four times that Paul says my gospel. Now, Paul didn't say that what I'm saying in the Bible. But you have to learn how to connect and and somewhat understand by reading what he means by my gospel. He's not saying that that's being bold or arrogant. He's letting them know I have a different gospel. So the gospel that you're hearing from me, this gospel was only revealed to me by Jesus. See, it's a special gospel for you Gentiles. You follow what I'm saying? So it's not the same gospel that you're used to hearing. In other words, now I'm not saying he's saying this, but I'm just trying to put it in perspective. It's not the same gospel that you are used to hearing, which was the kingdom gospel. This is a hidden gospel, which was called a mystery, uh, which means secret that was only revealed to me to tell you, to you as in Gentiles. So, that's what he mean by my gospel. My gospel is a different gospel. My gospel is the gospel, the new gospel for the day. In other words, all right. When you believers talk to unbelievers, if you have that opportunity, how do you approach them? How do you talk to them about Jesus? When that opportunity opens up, how do you talk to them about Jesus? And then I'm going to give some pointers out there how I do it. And if you guys need help on that, if you don't, it's okay. But how I would do it? How do you approach an unbeliever when you're talking to them about Jesus? And if you are an unbeliever, you're listening to me. If you're not saved, they're still going to benefit you. It's still going to benefit you because I want you to think about how a Christian or someone that's claimed they were saved, how were they, how were you approached by them if you was ever approached by a Christian or a believer? I'm using Christian because that's the majority of the time that's what people use Christian uh, about salvation, about you being saved. 
were you ever approached to some way? I would love to hear how you was approached and what did they say to you and how did they present the gospel to you if they ever had a chance to present the gospel? How was it presented to you? Okay. And the believer, how do you approach a person? Or we can use the old term witness to someone about being saved or how to be saved, which is the gospel. Do you have a certain approach that you go to someone when an opportunity opens up to preach the gospel to someone or tell somebody the good news about what Jesus done for them? Now, I want you to ponder on this because this is very important. I want you to ponder on this because I think a lot of times we make it so hard. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And confusing to the unsaved and to ourselves when we are when we're talking about the Jesus and salvation. When we talk about Jesus and salvation or how to be saved to someone else. And a lot of times, uh not not always, but a lot of times when we witness to someone is usually a format that we heard from someone else. It's either a format from someone else or we get stuck in trying to create something and all of a sudden we lose the people. It turns into some other conversation and you're going back and forth because you didn't approach them the right way. Then all of a sudden it becomes a debate because you came in a way that it's not the biblical way to come to a person when it comes to presenting the, the gospel, the uh, the gospel. Now, some people, it, it won't make no difference how you approach them. They just don't want to hear it, period. You know, they're going to either ignore you or they're going to start an argument. You, you got those people. Then you got the ones that's going to sit down and going to listen to you like a child because they're interested of what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? So you're going to have those people. But even the ones that's tough to witness to or tough to talk to about Jesus, there's still ways to do that. There's still ways to do that. And I'm going to talk about that and everything, you know. There's still ways to do that. Okay, think about that. When you talk to someone about Jesus, about salvation, and they say, I'm interested. I want to be saved. How do I be saved? What is your message to them on how to be saved? What is the gospel message for them? What must they do? I want you to think about that. 
What did you tell them? Did you lead them in the right direction for salvation? Or did you tell, did you, did you say to them they must join the church first or come to my church like the majority of the people do that? I just think about that. Or did you tell them they need to repent of their sins? Think about that. You need to get right with God. You need to repent of your sins, which is another traditional way that most believers approach someone when they're talking to someone about Jesus and that person is interested. It's only when a person interested because if the person is there for a debate, it's a waste of time because all they're going to do is go back and forth and you're going to wind up getting angry and sound so condemning, you go sound like you just better to them. So, you know, it, it, it depends. Remember, I want you to also remember this. I want, you, want people to also remember this. Some of those people that you're going to talk to about Jesus has already been approached by another believer a lot of times. You can tell by their comeback if they was ever approached with the gospel by someone else. So some of those people have been uh, planted. The seed has been planted in them already, okay? So you have different levels of people. Some of those uh, people that you're talking to about the Lord and about to present the gospel to them, a lot of times they have a seed has been planted planted in them already, whether it's from a church, whether it's from the neighborhood or family or whatever. Some seed has been planted in them. Now, what I, what do I mean? Like, I'm not saying even the gospel. I'm just saying some type of approach of how to be saved. It's been planted already in them, okay? Now, look at this in a spiritual sense, if you're a believer. Then you're going to run into some that has been watered. What I mean by that, that means the seed has been planted and somebody has watered with them with information and told them about the somewhat gospel. It depends what gospel it is. They told them about the gospel. So the seed has been planted. Now they have been watered and they've been told about the gospel. Now it's up to them if they want to receive it or not. Because you got to remember, how do they receive it? Now who moves them to receive it? The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit does that. Always done the one does the increase. He the ones that make that seed grow. Remember Paul talked about that? He planted, Silas watered, and who does the increase? God does the increase. God still today does the increase. So you're going to run into some of those people, men or women, that has both seed planted or been watered. It's very seldomly here in America, maybe other countries, but it's very seldomly, seldomly here in America that someone has not heard a gospel or a salvation message. Now, why is I'm saying a gospel? The reason I'm saying that because uh, it's not the gospel of salvation a lot of times, but it's their definition of salvation and the gospel. So in other words, it, the people been told some way or how to be saved. 
some type of gospel. Doesn't mean it is the gospel of salvation. It's just a gospel. They just it's a gospel to them on how to be saved. It depends what they was brought up in and what they have learned and what the gospel is. I hope I'm making myself clear because I'm I'm trying to be very simple, not complicated. I'm trying to be very basic and simple with my listeners. Okay. So that's those things you will run into. You know, somebody have been approached, if that's simple enough, by a gospel message or, you know, or what they need to do to be saved or whatever like that. You know, it's different ways people have been approached. Now, also, this third tip, you know, that can help you out. When a person is somewhat resistant, uh, and they don't want to hear nothing about the church. They call Christianity the church. They heard that they've been nailed, they've been hurt with everything like that, whatever like that. That tells you right there. They was hurt maybe by someone that came to them the wrong way when it came to the gospel. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent fact, but you have fact, but you have those people out there that was approached by Christianity either by the church they went to or either about religiosity, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been around or they seen so much hypocrisy and so much phoniness in the so-called Christians that it's, they just turned off. They just turned off or something happened to them that made them turn their back on God. You understand what I'm saying? So they might react a certain way towards you. And it really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with that buildup of that religious Christianity that was still in their face or hurt them. They just seen so much of the opposite of what they're preaching. You understand what I'm saying? They seen so much hypocrisy. So it's different people you run into when you're trying to present the gospel to them. Okay. I'm coming this way because sometimes we go out there and we are taught. And I remember this. We used to go out there, had to go out and knock on doors and stuff like that. You know, the same way Jehovah Witness does it and Mormons go out there and knock on people's doors and just tell you, have you heard about Jesus? And blah, blah, blah. And then we have a little pitch. We was trained to do this. I participated in this, but I never felt comfortable, but I did participate. Knocking on, I don't like knocking on doors, people, anyway. You know, I've done it in salesmen. I've done it before. But when you're going out there and you're knocking on doors, you're telling somebody, do you know Jesus, whatever like that, you're going to get somewhat of the same reaction, the door shutting your face. They're going to treat you like you are a Jehovah Witness or a salesman when you go to that approach, you know. But is that really a biblical approach? Even though our leaders have told us to do that, I have no doubt was very sincere. But is that a biblical approach to lead somebody or talk to somebody about Jesus? Did Jesus go knocking on doors? Did Paul go knocking on doors? I'm talking about the unsaved. Paul's mission was to go out to the Gentiles and tell them the gospel, correct? Did he go to their door? Now, the Acts is not very specific. Did Paul, I'm asking this question. If you know something about the history, let me know. 
Uh, but did Paul go knocking on the doors or whatever they was listening to? How did he present the message? Or he just went around their areas and just started spitting out, you know, get yourselves together. There's a way to be saved or whatever like that. What was the Paul's approach to presenting the gospel to the Gentiles? Because that's who he went to, predominantly Gentiles. Now, when he went to the Jews, he had the gospel message of the kingdom message. He didn't, he didn't preach to the Gentiles, I mean the Jews, about uh, what Jesus did, you know, the gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4 message. He didn't preach the gospel of salvation or the gospel of the grace of God to the Jews. He preached a kingdom message. He had to preach the message to them. They had to first to believe, just like himself, who Jesus was. So he went to them to try to explain who Jesus was. Jesus was their king. They had to believe that before they believed the gospel of grace. You see what I'm saying? So he didn't approach the Jews a different way. That's why he told them, from now on, I'm going to go to the Gentiles, but not with the same message. My point is, Paul knew exactly what gospel to preach, uh, whether it was a Jew or a Gentile. He knew exactly what gospel to present to them. See, the Jews needed to hear the gospel of who Jesus was, their king and their Messiah. But the Gentiles only needed to hear what this Jesus that died and rose again done for them. You see the difference? So he presented the two gospels at that time. See? Not for salvation for the Jews. Let's get this straight. He didn't present uh, the kingdom gospel to them for the salvation message because that salvation message was just postponed now. No one can get saved that way anymore. So I want to get that out there. He, They just needed to understand who Jesus was because they had to believe that because a lot of them did not accept Jesus. So if they didn't believe who Jesus was or did, wouldn't accept that he was their Messiah, they couldn't get saved anyway because Jesus is the key. The belief of who he was is the key for Israel, for the Jews. It wasn't so much for the Gentiles under this gospel, the gospel of the grace of God. They just needed to believe what Jesus did. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? So if the Jews and the, some of the leaders accepted who Jesus was, and some of them did, some of them did. If they accepted who Jesus was, then Paul would have came to them with the gospel of the grace message. Now you could be saved of understanding what Jesus done for you. So it was tough for those Jews to hear that type of message because they only know about the kingdom message and the law and different things like that. So that's why many of them did not even accept who Jesus was, let alone believe in what he done for them. They didn't even want to accept him as their Messiah and King. You understand what I'm saying? I hope you you all are following me. See, because this is going to help the unbeliever as well that's listening to this podcast. So when the Jews rejected the message of who Jesus was, their own king, Paul said, okay, 
for now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. So he went totally, I think he done this three times. And he finally, he went to the Gentiles with the gospel of the grace message, the gospel of the grace of God, which was revealed to him by Jesus Christ. But he never neglected his own people, his own ethnicity group, his own Jewish group. He went to them first to tell to get, tell them the message of who Jesus was. He was their Messiah. And when they wouldn't listen, he just went to the Gentiles with the gospel of the grace of God or what Jesus done for them. And most of the Gentiles believed it. Even though a lot of them never even met Jesus personally, they believed it by faith. They didn't know Jesus. They had probably heard about it. And then some did not hear about it. They just believed it by faith. The Jews knew Jesus, and they still wouldn't believe him and accept him. The Gentiles didn't even met him personally and didn't know too much about it, but they still believed. That's why Jesus told them, blessed are the ones that have not seen me and still believed. Remember Jesus said that in the Gospels? Blessed are the ones that have not even seen me, in the paraphrase where I'm saying it and believed. So that's how it was then. The Jews have a record and an understanding of this Messiah. They've been looking for this Messiah for years, not the Gentiles. So you see how God blessed the Gentiles because the Gentiles just believed by faith and faith alone. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, what gospel, what messages are you telling the lost? What gospel, what message are you presenting to the lost when you have that opportunity? How are you approaching them? Are you out there with a bullhorn? And I'm not saying this to be derogatory because I'm not knocking it. That's cool, too. But are you one of the ones out there with a bullhorn? And if you have a bullhorn, what message are you preaching or telling the world? Now, you have bullhorns. If you don't know what a bullhorn is, that's what that's that long, that big, wide-ended speaker that you talk through, and it makes your voice carry. Those are the ones that know what I'm talking about. A bullhorn. That's a bullhorn, and you have street preachers, like we called them. Even in the old days, there was a lot of street preachers and stuff like that 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 were, that's talking about Jesus or presenting Jesus. But if you notice, if you backtrack, even in movies. Their messages usually nine times out of ten is condemnation, letting, telling people that they are sinners and they're going to hell if they don't get it right. Now, you know, that's correct. The majority of bullhorners that I grew up with, maybe you've seen some different ones, had a condemnation, old school kingdom type of John the Baptist type of gospel. Some of them say some things that John the Baptist didn't even say. But my point is, it was mostly always a condemnation in your face. You need to get it together. You need to repent of your sins type of gospel. When they, I, That's what I call bullhorn preachers. Are you a bullhorn preacher? See? And did people, do people get saved off of that? Yeah, I believe so. I, I'm not saying that that does not happen. I'm not saying that does not happen. See, the key is, did they get presented with the correct gospel? See, 
Now, this is the this is this this is the part that a lot of people you probably never heard before. See, God knows a person's heart if they believe what Jesus done for them, even though they don't have a clear understanding of the gospel. You have some over the head, I call them even grace teachers. That's I, I call them like a step by step teacher. If you don't say it this way, if you don't literally say it, even though you believe it in your heart and you hear the gospel and you don't literally say it or believe it back. Just say, for instance, what is the gospel? The gospel of salvation today is Paul's gospel, which is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Okay. Matter of fact, let's go there. So I won't just be trying to, so you can understand what is the gospel for today. So what, uh, let's go to first, if you got a Bible, let's go there. If you don't got a Bible, that's okay, because I'm going to read it for you. The gospel of salvation for today. Now, this is the gospel of salvation for today. And you notice I quote this scripture a lot because it is the gospel for today. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Now, I'm going to say right now, the ones that's been listening to me, you know where I'm going. But you have people that's listening and the unsaved never heard this gospel presented to them or was never told to go to this verse. I have no doubt. If you was told about the gospel, you was told to either go to we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. John 3.16 or Acts 2 and 38, Acts 3 and 21 or whatever like that, Romans 9, 10 and 9, scriptures like that, but never 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 1 to 4, which is the gospel. I can almost guarantee that the majority of you all haven't heard and don't know too much about this verse and, and it's in your Bible. And this verse is, I'm reading out of the King James Bible. And the reason I can say that boldly because I was the same way. I never heard, I thought I was always preaching the gospel. And I preached in pulpits. I witnessed out in the streets. I knocked on doors. I, re, I witnessed one-on-one. But I never used the gospel of salvation, which we're supposed to be presenting. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. I used sinner's prayers, traditional sinner's prayers, because I was taught that way. And I use, you know, uh, you need to invite Jesus in your heart. I use that too. And I was sincere. I was very sincere. 
Now, I'm going to get back to that, all right? But this is the gospel of salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Reading, moreover, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Now, what is Paul saying here? I declare unto you the gospel. In other words, in, a, in our vernacular, more modern way, we will say, uh, okay, brethren, this is the gospel. Okay? That's all he's saying. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. In other words, brothers, I'm going to show you what the gospel is. The gospel of your salvation. Okay? Remember, I'm reading out of the King James. Your translation might be close to what I am saying whatever other uh, modern translation you have. But it's going, to, it's going to, no matter what, it's going to come out the same way. So let me read it all the way through. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I have preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye are also saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, and the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel of salvation. Now, for the ones that didn't understand it, it was some um, very important points that an unbeliever and a believer must understand. So looking at the view, the uh, the uh, lens out of a believer, when we tell them about the gospel, whenever you say, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached to you, which also ye have received. Paul said, it's the same gospel I have received. See? But before even Paul received that grace of the gospel, what he had to believe who Jesus was when he got knocked off the horse of Acts 9. Remember, he was persecuting the church. He was persecuting. He thought he was doing the right thing. He didn't know about the power of what happened with the resurrection. So when he got knocked off the horse, he also, as a religious Jews, had to believe who Jesus was first. So it's almost like God gave him a chance. See, the kingdom program was still going on. So Paul had to believe who Jesus was. But he became part of the body of Christ because God used him to go out with the message of the gospel of the grace of God. See, so he had to believe first. Then he believed what Jesus did. So he was the only Jew that had both <laughs> gospels. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying he was saved by both. No, I'm not saying that, so don't misquote me. I'm just saying he had to believe who Jesus was first. Remember, he said, Lord, who are you? He had to believe who Jesus was. He was persecuting Jesus and didn't know it. God used him still because he done it out of ignorance. He done it out of ignorance. He did not know, okay? So I don't want to get you too complicated in that, but this is the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Okay, now, uh, well, quite a few shows back, I talked about the gospel is simple. The gospel, excuse me, the gospel of salvation is simple when you believe it. It's simple if you believe it. Let me put it that way. It's very simple if you believe it. That's when it becomes simple if you believe it. 
Okay. Now, <clears throat> the belief part. The belief part is very important. See, the belief part is not believing. Listen to me closely. The belief part, if you are a, a unbeliever or unsaved, I'm talking to you. Very, very seriously, I'm talking to you. The belief part is just not believing that Jesus did die and rose and buried and rose again. Now, that might sound goofy. That might sound contradictory. He said, Joe, wait a minute. All I have to do is believe. Yes, you do. All you have to do is believe. But it's, 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 it's two type of beliefs. See? Let me tell you the belief that people confess and still go to hell. Really? Yes, let me tell you about a belief. It's, uh, it's somewhat like a false belief. It's nothing, but it's somewhat like a false belief. This is this is where a lot of people, if they heard this salvation or any other message, but just say, for instance, this salvation of being saved. There are several ways people think they believed. Some people believe because they was coerced to believe. You you see what I'm saying? They were they felt like they was coerced to believe. So you have this group of people that believed reluctantly because they felt that was that would get you off their back. So they say, okay, I believe. So therefore, they never really believe. They believe it happened, but they didn't believe it enough to want their life to be changed. You, you see what I'm saying? Okay, you, you understand what I'm saying? And then you have this other group of people. They believe in the time of pain and hurt. They was going through something. They was going through something. So when you came, you came with that message, which was, which sometimes is some of the best time to witness to someone when they're open. When you went to that message, they believed because they were so much in pain and they were so much in sorrow. They just wanted to get some help. And then when you ask them about their belief, they might say, oh, yeah, 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 I believe. I believe. I always believe Jesus. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Done, 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 done. Yeah, I'm a Christian and whatever like that. I always believe. I'm not, you know, no, blah, blah, blah. I've been saying, you know, you have that type of belief. It's a self-made. It's a self-proclaimed belief based on your own type of way you think you can get to heaven. Okay. So you have those type of beliefs. It's almost like you run into your person and they're in a hurry and they ask you, man, you want to do this for me? No, 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 no. You say, okay, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And run off. You have those type of people as well. So all those three ways I told you, those people, according to me, never really believe. Now, the only one that really knows if they believed or not is God himself. See, I can't judge. I'm not God. I don't know. But I'm just saying you do have those people out there when it comes to really believing the gospel. See, you ever heard the term in the Bible, King James, uh, David had a contrite heart. 
contrite, a broken heart, a repentant heart. See, he had a repentant heart. When you come to Jesus for salvation, you have to have a contrite, repentant, broken heart. And somewhat in your heart, you have to have that. And what comes with a contrite, broken heart? You want a change. You want to be saved. You don't want to be the same way. You don't come and come to that loosely and whatever like that. Now, sometimes an unbeliever got that has to be explained to them. So, uh, so you won't think you went in brownie puss. Oh, this brother, this sister just got saved and this thing. You know, they out there doing the same thing. They living like hell. You know. Also, you know, it's bad to witness to somebody when they off some type of alcohol or act off some type of drugs. Those are not true believers. Because they have substance in them. Catch them when they sober. You see what I'm talking about? That's why a lot of them going out, go out doing the same things. And some of them might not even remember saying that. So what I do, when I talk about a person about that, I make sure that they genuinely believe. Do they understand what Jesus done? I don't focus on who he was too much because the gospel is of salvation today is what Jesus done. Do they understand that? Do they understand what they're giving up? You are now submitting under the under not the Messiah. You're submitting under the Lord and Savior. Jesus is going to become your Lord and Savior now. So you must genuinely, with a contrite heart, believe, really believe it. Not believe it because you it's something loosely in this happening. You have to really believe it. See? Now what else must come? Receive it. Receiving it is believing it. Receiving is believing it. Let's read this again. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached to you, which also ye have received. Now he's talking to believers already. See the believe the body of Christ, he's talking to the church, they already received it. See, you notice he said that first. Unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received. They received it. See, receiving it is believing it, but they received it. Receiving it is you coming genuinely. You coming to change. You're not coming and want to be the same way. See, because you might fool me. And you might fool someone else, but remember, God knows if you fake Jacob or not. So you can't fool him. You just can't play with words. You have people saying, I do, in marriages and don't really mean it. You got people that tell you they love you and don't really mean it. It's just use it loosely. They like you, not really love you. If you believe Jesus and receive, that means you got to put up with him. It's, a, it's like almost a marriage. You become one. So you cannot say, I believe, and then just instantly go right back into the world with nothing going on. You did not generally believe it. You did not generally receive it. Okay? Now let's go to uh, two, by which also you are saved. See? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. This is the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you have received. Receive what? You received the gospel, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. Because you believed it, or because you received it, you are saved. 
if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. Unless you have believed in vain. None of this is going to take place. You don't have no salvation if you believed in vain. You believe for nothing. You just believe to be believed. See, you just believe to be believed. Now, I'm going to use, I'm going to say something because this is a question. I was going to leave this for a series, but this is a question. And because it's one of the hot issues and lifestyles that's going on today. And I'm not saying this to beat up the homosexuals or nothing like that, but a question is often asked. Can a homosexual go to heaven? You ever heard that question as a witness? A question is usually asked. Can a homosexual go to heaven? What do you say? What do you think? Okay. This is my take on this. And this is according to the Bible. Okay. This is according to the Bible. Now, if a person comes to me or I'm witness to a homosexual, I'm trying to bring them to the Lord and they really want to be saved. It's up to me to explain the conditions of salvation. Not, not, not what they have to do to be, not a condition of be saved, but I'm just saying your condition and your position when you, when you taking this step, what, what is expected when you do take this step? Now, when that question is asked, listen closely, can a homosexual go to heaven? It's one thing that I'm looking at. Now, is this a repentant homosexual? that's trying to change his lifestyle, that's want to give up on his lifestyle or try to work out his lifestyle? Or is this a homosexual that's still practicing a lifestyle and don't want to change it, but still believe and want to go to heaven? See, the first one, yes. The latter, no. See, Joe, what? What do you mean by that? Okay. Remember, I say you have to come with a broken and contrite heart, a genuine belief, and receive. If a homosexual wants to be saved, the only way a homosexual can be saved, first the name homosexual. That's not the issue. It's the homosexual lifestyle. If you want to keep a homosexual, gay, or lesbian lifestyle, And you want to go to heaven, but you're not willing to change that. Now, that sin is not being charged against you. Listen, listen, listen closely what I'm saying, because a lot of you probably think I'm contradicting myself. If you come in, you hear the salvation message, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, and you are a, a homosexual, a gay man or a lesbian woman. And you want to keep that lifestyle. You want to go to heaven, but you don't want to give up that lifestyle. But you believe Jesus died, he was buried, stuff like that. But you don't really want to give up that lifestyle. That's not genuinely believing what Jesus does because what because Jesus also requires some change, some broken heart. 
because you all you you got to come God's way. You have to come His way. You can't come half-heartedly. Half-heart believing means no belief, and you knowing what is requirement to be a Christian. You might come to a point because you read so many different Bibles. And you have gay Bibles, you have all type of Bibles. And a lot of them base their Christianity on their Bibles. It ain't the King James Bible, believe me, it's not. It's on their church Bible. You have gay Bibles out there, you do. You have certain even translations that coincide with that lifestyle. So a lot of them think they're going to heaven based on just believing who Jesus was or just letting Jesus in their heart and stuff like that. And some of them even think there will be gays and lesbians in heaven. No, they will not be saved because they don't have a changed heart. You probably never even heard this before. You, if you ain't got to change heart, if you're not looking to change yourself, you just coming out and want to keep your lifestyle. Okay, let's get off the homosexual. So my answer to that, can a homosexual be saved? Yes, when he come with the right heart. So you have to want, I don't know a genuine person that want to be saved and wanted to keep their same lifestyle. Majority of the time, people come to God and want to be saved. Yeah, not going to hell is one of them. It's because they want to change what they're doing. Boom. That's when God knows you are genuine. You can't slide in there and just say, I'm going to continue to be a homosexual and I'm going to heaven. You can't slide it up in there and say, I'm going to continue to be adulterer. I'm going to continue to keep sleeping with all these other people's wives or husbands or whatever like that. I'm going to continue to be an adulterer. I'm going to continue to be a fornicator or whatever like that. I'm going to continue to hold on to my drugs and live my life. So I'm going to heaven. See, that's what universal teaching and all that stuff t- We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal teaches them. So you have a big building full of people that's going to hell, thinking they're going to heaven. Self-made Christianity. So when they hear the real gospel message, remember what remember what I said? When they hear the real gospel message of today, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, 
you might can fool me, but you can't fool God. I won't know the details. Only God knows the details. You're not getting in there any type of way you want to. There's no other broad corners going around. There's no Oprah Winfrey way, no Whoopi Goldberg way, no other way, TDJ's way to get to heaven. Just by doing good things and just saying, I love Jesus, I want him in my heart. No. You have to have a contrite, broken heart to change. That's what, what God does. He don't charge you with sin, but he does require genuine faith. And genuine faith is proved by you having a heart that you want to change because you can't fool God. So I'm not going around to answer the question to this. A repentant homosexual that wants to change his ways and believe what Jesus done for him. Yes, can go to heaven, can be saved. A repentant change of heart homosexual because there's many repent of change of heart homosexuals that's going to heaven they might struggle like people struggle with adultery and struggle with fornication but God knows they're trying to change they come with the correct genuine repent of heart repent of means just changing your mind changing your ways for the ones think I'm talking about sin because it ain't about sin it's about believing with the repent of heart you see, God expects a lifetime change when you be saved. He expects you have a heart to want to do that before you come to him. In other words, you're not getting into heavenly places with a universal type of belief of salvation. So, yes, a repentant heart homosexual that want to change his way and really get to want to be saved and want to follow the, the morals of the Bible can be saved, yes. The doors are open from any type of, I don't care what you have done, but it's, it's, it's all about your believing and receiving and your genuineness of salvation. Okay? That, that's for anybody, for any person. The doors are open for anybody. You, you follow that now. So it's really not a hard question. Putting it plain, if you want to keep your lifestyle, think you can just believe and go to heaven. No, no, that's just like universal. That's just like universal. That's, you might as well call it universal salvation. If you could just keep doing what you're doing and just say, I believe Jesus go to heaven, but you're not willing to change your heart. It's just like saying God let you up in there. You then it's going to be all kind of parties and homosexual and stop a lifestyle. You going what well, in a sense say I want God to accept me to what I'm doing now. So if I'm living this certain life, and God is full of love, He going to accept me and my partner or accept my my lifestyle and still let me in. I'm not willing to give give this up. I think this is from God. I'm not willing to give this up. I'm willing to hold on to this. It's you are in a reprobate mind in the sense of you don't want to give up that lifestyle, but you want to get to heaven. You're reprobate in your lifestyle. That means God can't use you because you're reprobate in that lifestyle. In other words, you're useless because you don't want to give up that lifestyle, but you want to get to heaven. It don't work like that, man and woman. It, it, it does not work like that. So therefore, it's up to us to really 
uh, very important. Instead of having a quick gospel, okay, now you say, talk to them. Let them know what they're really getting into. It's, it's, this is not nothing to play around with. The gospel of salvation is nothing to play around with. So it's up to us as believers to explain to you guys what you're getting into and what does God really require and believe. Belief is broad. See, belief is broad. Remember, he took care of your sins. But that don't that don't mean you can go to you can collect your 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 own sins on your back and just walk in with the sins on your back. Something he died for and you want to keep it. Something he cleansed you from and you want to keep it. And still go to heaven. No, that's a contradictory of what he done. It's contradicting. Even though he forgave you of your sins, when you finna get saved, no, you don't have no sins on you, but you bold enough to just say you want to continue doing what you're doing, but you want to be saved. You want to carry a load of sin to heaven, a load of a lifestyle to heaven. No, you can't, you can't hoodwink and bamboozle God. It don't happen like that. It don't work like that. And that's anybody that think they can just Rush to heaven and just believe and just don't ain't willing, ain't got a contract hard or nothing. Now you notice I didn't say no, they have to repent of nothing like that. It has nothing to do with that repenting of your sins or nothing like that. It, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. I don't care if you're a nice homosexual or you're a nice fornicator. You still have to come with a contract heart. You can't fool God. You cannot fool him. So it's up to us to explain that to a homosexual, to a person that's in illicit sex or anything, to let them know you can't play around. It's a waste of me telling you about the gospel if you ain't ready, if you ain't for real. That, for real, that comes with a broken, contrite heart. Well, I need to stop. No, you you just need to believe. And that belief come when I want to change. Because you can't stop doing what you're doing. If you could, you wouldn't need Jesus. See? It's about your belief. Your genuine belief. If you just say, man, I ain't giving up my lifestyle, then you'll never genuinely want to be saved. You, The lifestyle is holding you back for genuinely being saved. Let me say this again. Holding on to that lifestyle will keep you out of heaven. See, you say you believe. You don't believe enough to give up that lifestyle. You want to take it with you. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. God still does not like looking at sin. Even though he's not charging you for it, he still don't like looking at it. He still, you can't play around with sin with God because he cleansed you from it. Sin is sin still to God. He's just not charging you for it. If that was the case, then everybody that was forgiven can go to heaven. If it was that easy. That would be universal teaching. If it was that simple, Jesus died for all man's sins, that means everybody can go to heaven. If it was that simple, if that was the gospel, but that's not the gospel. 
see, the people that say you can live in the type of way and everything like that and still go to heaven, see, that's what they're confused about because they say they're forgiven so we can continue doing what we're doing because we're forgiven already and we can go to heaven. That's the confusion. No. No. You can't come to this gospel that way. Okay, my sins have already been forgiven, so that means I'm going to heaven. Salvation and forgiven don't come in one package. I hope y'all getting this straight, see? That's why any illicit lifestyle that a person wants to live and they want to keep it, Jesus talked about the ones that's not going to be getting to heaven. Remember he said that he named a lot of them. I don't know. Can I find that? I'm, I'm going to try to slow down now, but I'm going to come next time. I'm going to come with some scriptures and some verses. A lot of these type of acts are not getting to heaven. He didn't say they can't go to heaven or the doors are open. Well, these are the ones just choosing their lifestyle over him. That's what I mean. They will not inherit the kingdom of, no, not the kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, they were not uh, the kingdom of heaven in the heavenly places. Fornicators, adulterers, and feminine. And feminine means homosexuality and feminine. All that stuff. That means they will not be able to get in the kingdom of God. Now, God is not picking them out and say they can't be saved because they can't be saved. These are the ones just want to continue to hold on to their lifestyle. So they're in a reprobate. A reprobate can be saved, but they, it's tough for them because they want to hold on to their lifestyle. They want to go to heaven, but they want to go on their own terms. Therefore, a homosexual or any other person that does illicit sex or drug dealers or murderers or nothing, you can't get to heaven talking about, I want to go to heaven, I believe who Jesus was, but I still want to murder. Or I still... You know, I have a, 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 I still want to keep touching that child, or I still want to do this, or I still want to sleep around. No, 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 no. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. And if you are a believer and you believe that, you need to go back and read your Bible. You need to switch your Bible and start reading the King Jamie or something because it ain't clicking. Okay. All right. So that's what I want to get into. Then I'm going to do a, uh, something else. on. I hope you got something on this opening about the gospel, which is very important. I'm, I'm going to be talking about the gospel of salvation, the real gospel of salvation, you know, uh, of salvation. And what's important for people need to understand, God knows who's truly who truly believes what he's telling them about his son. I often say, I'm going to keep on saying, you might fool us, you might fool the preacher, you might fool the maker, but you're not going to fool God. See, there's many think they are going to heaven and believers are not going to heaven, are not saved. And it's going to be sad on the day of the catching away of the church. Remember these fictional movies about Left Behind and stuff like that? They're, they're, their way of thinking about how the rapture is going to be, really nobody knows. And those preachers was left in there. The majority of their congregation was gone, but the pastor was left. And he admitted. He preached to others. He got other people saved, but he didn't even believe. He preached a message of salvation, but he didn't even believe. You, you see what I'm saying? 
You got people can quote scriptures, man, can talk good Bible, can man can argue back and forth about history, man. Tell people about Jesus and stuff like that. Many don't know about First Corinthians 15, but they'll come and tell people about Jesus and whatever like that and still go to hell, still ain't saved. Because they thought the gospel was about good works or how good they learned the Bible or how good they quoted. They never got saved. They never believed it. It's about, it comes down to your belief. This way to be saved, you believing is changing your heart. That's just believe, not just feeling it and saying it. Believing is a person coming with a contrite heart. The majority, all the ones that saved today, they came with a true contrite heart to change their ways before they even came. That's why they came. Not only not to go to hell, but, you know, the people that I heard, they said, man, I need to get right, man. I need to start doing what I'm doing. They understood that because God going to make sure you understand that. Just some people do and some people ignore it. So I know everybody that ever got saved under the grace got tired of living like they was living. So, therefore, their heart was pure and they believed based on, I really want to change. You, you see what I'm saying? Everybody that got saved today came with a contrite heart. From thousands of years ago, even to today. They came with a contrite heart. Not want to be the same. Simon the sorcerer thought he can get the gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't want to be, he didn't talk about salvation. He wanted the gift of that. He wanted that gift. He wanted the goodies, the benefits, without giving up true belief. Without going through Jesus. He just wanted the gifts and the benefits. That's how a lot of people want today. They want to continue to live what they what, how they want to live and just say a little, little cute little prayer, Lord, come into my life. And everything like that, and everything that's hunkadura. That's when I when I see somebody, somewhat leading somebody to Christ, I listen to what they, how they're presenting the gospel to them, or is it the gospel? I heard the preacher uh, on television, and I'm gonna let you go. Leading someone, leading this uh, a homosexual man, uh, real nice man too, real nice man too, and uh, he was leading them. To Christ, and of course he came with the sinner's prayer. And man, you would thought you was in a church, man. Listen to a pastor preach because that man, that that prayer was so long. You could pray so long about to somebody till you just run somebody off, man. They forget what they forgot what they was there for, man. This guy was so long in his prayer. I think he was getting impressed with himself and the cameras on him and everything. Just something about you having cameras on you, you know, doing something. It's, it makes it more about you to me. I know it might not be, but it puts too much emphasis on you. Uh, God is interested in what you do behind closed doors. You don't have to show it on television. I've just got saying you don't have to go to television and, and show the world what you're doing about winning souls because that put that picture on you. You know, I have an issue with that because you can't help but look at yourself because the camera's on. You got somebody walking around the camera, you're talking about them, they're going to hell and need to get right. Why you need all that? Why don't you just go by yourself? Y'all just go in the group. Okay, okay. That the guy was praying so long and then he asked him, he asked him about 
you know, let uh, Jesus in your heart and the person was so nonchalant. I mean, this person, yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You can see it. You can see, first of all, he heard it before. You can see it, first of all, he already think he's a Christian. But what I did not see, I seen the wrong gospel from the so-called minister, and I seen the fake belief from the homosexual guy. The real gospel wasn't presented, first of all, the gospel of your salvation, Acts 20 and 24, Ephesians 15, 1 to 4, was not presented, not even somewhat the kingdom gospel. He was just saying different things, the sinner's prayer. And that guy just said, okay, uh, yeah, I believe that. I'm letting them in my heart. And he kind of just said, wow, see, that's what's going on in the world today, man. That person's still not saved. See? And sometimes the Holy Spirit comes on a person, not in this way. He gives a certain auction to certain people. They just say, man, I got to change. Sometimes because what? Because a seed was already planted. And then they finally listen because of the auction of the Holy Spirit. See, now that person might get saved later. But at that particular time, the majority of them don't be don't get saved. It might be later. Somebody else might water. And then that person, something might happen, and that person might remember. So it's not like it's never over. But my point is, don't make uh, the gospel of salvation a sermon. Because it's becoming about you now. Stop trying to impress yourself. You're most definitely impressing God, okay? I just threw that out there. Okay, I hope you got something out of that about the gospel. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. And I'm going to get into something else because the reason I'm doing these things because I want people to understand what is a real Christian. What is the gospel? What is the church? And a lot of you have never been taught that way, okay? God bless you. If you want to be saved today, remember what I just said. 1 Corinthians 15, wonderful. I just read these scriptures to you as an example. Go to 1 Corinthians 1 and 4 and just read the gospel of salvation. That's the way to be saved today. The gospel of salvation is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Okay? The gospel of the grace of God. Believe in what Jesus done for you. Until next time, this is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Peace out. Love you all. All right? Bye-bye. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches henson shaving.com slash holiday.